Hey, did you hear about the satanic temple statue that was just destroyed at an Iowa courthouse? You know, I'm a big believer in freedom of religion, but I don't know how to feel about it. Should I be speaking up for their right to believe in Satan worship, or should I be happy that the statue was destroyed? Hmm. That's an interesting thing to think about. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to my take. Pastor Crespo here. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. I'm trying to fit my cheaters on because for whatever reason, I printed out this article in a teeny tiny font. It must be like a five or something like that. I don't know why I did that. That's just the way the thing was written, I guess. But anyways, welcome to the podcast. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. Thank you for joining the podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, let people know about this podcast, repost it, the link on your own social media feeds. If you know anybody that could benefit from learning about the Bible, whether it's a story or a principle what, if you're if they would benefit from something that's a little bit more that well not a little bit hopefully a lot more that's more positive than the normal junk you see on TV and social media this is the podcast for you and for them all right let's let's get into it i want to share the story i'm sure that this is not going to be the first time you've heard of this but there's this big to do over in Iowa over at the state capitol because recently not too long ago a display was put up by a satanic church. In other words, this is a church that they worship Satan. That's right, satanists. And there was a big hubbub when it came out. Um they they had the statue there and of course, you know, um you you've probably heard when let's say in a state capitol or some government building, they post, uh, I don't remember where it was, maybe maybe even been Iowa, but they, they post, for example, a, a big relief of the Ten Commandments, for example. I'm, some time ago, some, some church did that where they posted the Ten Commandments at the, their own state capitol, and oh my, the people were up in arms. The atheists were upset. Everybody who doesn't believe in the Ten Commandments, they were upset that these ten rules were there. And, and um, I remember listening to this, this discussion on the news, and, um, you know, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm nobody. It doesn't matter what I think in the public square. But I, I remember thinking, you know, um, it's, it's, it's too bad that they, that they do whatever they want, but when it comes to things of God, they have a big problem. And, and they should let Christians have their say in the public square. I mean, we do believe in freedom of religion, right? So we should be able to speak up. And 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 who has a problem with the Ten Commandments? I mean, don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't be coveting or or constantly wanting what other people have. Honor God. How are those things bad, right? So I remember listening to the discussion and saying, "Come on, people, you, this is this is dumb. This is ridiculous. We have." You know, we should be able to be in the public square with everything else and and share our ideas and our message, because of course I believe it is life changing. They're not just good rules; <laughs> they're God's rules. But anyway, so so in Iowa, what happened is a satanic church they put up a statue to uh, Baphomet. It's it's their I guess it's their name for Satan. I guess. Uh, 
and uh, there was a big deal because the statue was supposed to be there only for a few weeks, but it didn't. It didn't last that long. Let me let me read this article to you. Um, here's the title. This comes from Fox News. It says, Satanic display inside Iowa State Capitol has been destroyed. A man has been charged. Now, I got a picture here of the um, of this statue. You can take a look at it here. Uh, it looks like what he did is he beheaded the thing. So if you don't know what a statue of Baphomet looks like, don't waste your time looking for it. It's it's a it's a statue which looks like an uh, some of the statues depict part angel, part goat, uh, and and the one thing that personally I as a Christian find offensive is they have two little children looking up to this statue, uh, almost finding their guidance from it. But I think I think they're you know as they say a picture is worth a thousand words. That picture says a lot. Uh, so, anyways, this was the statue. Apparently, a man. You know what? Let me let me keep reading the article here. It says that the Satanic Temple's display uh, at the inside the Iowa State Capitol was destroyed on Thursday, according to police. A spokesperson for the Iowa State Police told Fox News Digital that Michael Cassidy, age thirty-five, he was arrested for allegedly tearing down the Iowa Satanic Temple's Baphomet display. All right. He was charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief. Um, in a text message to Fox Digital, Cassidy confirmed he tore down the satanic display, which was erected, erected last week by the Satanic Temple of Iowa, to represent the group's right to religious freedom. Quote, I was, it was, the statue, it was extremely anti-Christian, Cassidy told Fox News when they asked him why he tore it down. Uh, the display was erected at the Capitol by the Satanic Temple of Iowa one week, and it was supposed to be there just a couple of weeks. This um, this person that did it, this Michael Cassidy, he's not he's not someone, you know, he's not someone that you would consider an extremist or some crazy person. He actually uh, ran a campaign for uh, uh, I believe it was for um, for Congress in 2022, but he was not successful in beating uh, the person that he ran against. The let's see, what else do I have here that I want to share with you from this article? Iowa governor. So here here's just some interesting information. The governor for Iowa, uh, Governor Kim Reynolds, she condemned the display's presence, but said it should be count countered with instead of saying. Uh, she condemned it. Uh, this, this, it's written wrong here. I'm just going to read her quote. She's like many Iowans. I find the satanic, dis the satanic temple's display in the Capitol absolutely objectionable. Reynolds said, "In a free society, the best response to objectionable speech, objectionable speech is more speech." And I encourage all those of faith to join me today in praying over the Capitol and recognizing the nativity scene that will be on display the true reason for the season. All right, so l let me let me share with you the thoughts that I'm having as I was kind of looking at this article. Here is here is a display on behalf of the church of Satan, the satanic church. The, they're satanists. They worship the devil and they put up a statue there because they want to be heard in the square of ideas. Then when it comes to religion, they want to be recognized as a an actual religion. I I I'm gonna be honest with you, I have mixed feelings about it. Because um, you know, as a Christian, 
as a Christian, you know, you may not, you, uh, if you're not a big Bible reader, you may not understand the significance. This is not just a, what we would say, a typical, stereotypical good versus evil type thing. That's not, I mean, that, that may be part of it, but that's not it. If you are, if you're familiar with scripture, if you're familiar of what, what, you know, what we call in my church, this, the great controversy, the great battle between good and evil, you find that that Lucifer was a created being. He was created by God. And he came to a place where he wanted to become God, so much so that he caused a rebellion in heaven. And again, this is from reading sections. When you read the Bible in its entirety, that there, there, is, there is not one chapter or one book in the Bible dedicated to the story of Lucifer. There are sections. You find some of it in Genesis. You find some of it in Ezekiel and Isaiah in Revelation. You know, you, you read about the things that he did at certain times, especially when Jesus was alive as a human being and walked the earth. And, and what we find is that, that the devil wanted to usurp God's throne. And to the, to, the, to the extent that when Jesus came to this earth to show people the real character of the Father, Satan did everything he could to disrupt to dismantle and ultimately destroy, and and he was the instigator of killing Jesus. Jesus, the commander, the general that he followed for who knows how long before he rebelled against him. Who knows how long he was loyal to God. He turned his back on God and, and killed God. And so when we're talking about Satan and Jesus, the, the satanic temple, these people are worshiping the enemy, the murderer of Jesus. And so it's it's not an easy thing for somebody to be able to just oh we'll just let it go this is this is just one religion no his ultimate goal is to take control of all hearts and minds throughout the entire earth to turn people away from God he wants to be God and rule over us but it's not just that the devil hates human beings because we're made in God's image there are people on this planet like you and I, that we've never seen God face to face, but we've heard his voice, we've seen his hand move, we have felt his Holy Spirit, and and we choose to obey him and follow him. When he saw God face to face, there's a reference in the Bible that says he walked up and down the stones of fire, which, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure how to describe that except that he entered the presence of God and served him. And he turned away having had all that evidence. And yet he hates us because we don't have as much as he did, but yet we're willing to trust him with our lives. So the devil hates us. The people that the 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 one that these people are worshiping actually hates human beings. So let, let me let me get off that because here, here's the thing. How should how should I feel as a Christian that someone tore down this satanic statue? Should I be happy about it and say, good, good, I'm glad he did it. They have no place in the square of ideas because that's, I mean, it's not another religion. It's Satan, right? Or or if I'm going to be a believer that uh, if I want my my voice to be heard in the square as a Christian and as a believer and a, and a proponent of my faith, should I allow that same privilege to other people? You know, there is a saying that I often use, and it's this, that truth 
never has to fear error. Light never has to be afraid of darkness. But I'm going to be honest with you. Um, this is not an. Uh, uh, if I was honest with you, there's. I'm. I'm like, yeah, okay. This isn't a story. This should have never been up in the Iowa courthouse anyway. Big deal. There's a part of me that says that. However, I. I. I need to be true to what I believe, and if people choose to to serve another god other than the Creator God, other than the God and the King of the universe. I mean, they're free to do so. Uh, you know, um, uh, I disagree. I think it's dumb. I think it's short-sighted. I think in the end, the Bible, the Bible says in the end, every knee shall bow before God, which means everyone at the end will realize the mistake that they made. But I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. I, I mean, it's like I'm bringing, I'm using a story here in the podcast, but my feelings are mixed on it. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to put this as a question on the podcast. You know, when you when you check out, check out, go look underneath the podcast itself. There's always a space for a question. I I set that aside. If people have prayer requests, they can kind of write them in there and 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 have me myself and others lift it up, lift up your requests in prayer. But I want to ask the question: Is it is it wrong? Should the Church of Satan be allowed to be in that square of ideas, just like every other religion? Yes or no? I got to remember to do that. We'll put that in there so that you can sound off. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, so let me let me get to um, let me get to the point. Okay, why am I using this in this podcast? Because of course we're here. This is my take. This is a Bible take. What can I take from this story to be able to teach something? Well, um, where in the Bible do we have the worship of Satan? Where in the Bible? Do we have this type of thing of statues and gods? And, and by the way, what, what that guy, Michael Cassidy, did to that statue is he beheaded the statue. He cut the thing off and destroyed it. There's no way they're going to fix it. So they ended up just taking it down. So, um, uh, Mr. Cassidy, um, uh, I want to I say, yeah, good on you. But at the same time, I want to be like, well, you know, we should let everybody share their ideas I, I I don't know. I'm I'm still messed up about that. Lord help me on that one. <clears throat> All right. Let me talk to you about scripture. I want to tell you what this article reminded me of as it relates to the Bible. I want I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story of another statue. Another statue by the name of Dagon. Dagon was considered to be the god of the Philistines. And uh, in, in, their, in their main city, they had a statue of Dagon. Now, I don't want you to get it twisted. These are not competing religions. There is only one God, and all these other gods are little G-gods that are made up by people, or they are actually demons that have fooled people into worshiping them. So, uh, but, but Dagon was a statue that had... Um, often some of the types of worship that these people had were the type of worship where they would sacrifice the, their children to these gods. They would they would have these statues, and I don't mean to be crude here, I'm just telling you, that there were some of their worship practices where they would take these statues and they would put a fire under them and heat them up until the metal was red hot, and they would place babies into the statue's arms and burn the babies up. That is... That is demonic worship. That was the worship 
of destroying life. You see, the, the, the religion of the devil is to destroy life. Just think about what that implication of that is. But, but this is how they used to worship. The Philistines had a god by the name of Dagon. Now, the Bible tells a story. You can read about this in the book of 1 Samuel. If you have a Bible, go there. If you don't have a Bible, get in touch with me. I'll send you one. But in 1 Samuel chapter 4 and 5, you read of a battle that happened between the Israelites and the Philistines. Now, unfortunately, you know, the Israelites were God's people, but they weren't always with God. God loved them. God provided for them. But, you know, Israel's history, um, well, I guess it doesn't, it's not too different than our history at times. There are times that we're strong with God, and then there are times that we're far from God. But as a people, as a people, the people of Israel at that time, they had just strayed away from the Lord. They weren't being faithful. They were doing whatever they wanted. They weren't being obedient. They were worshiping other gods just like everyone else. But they still had this kind of national identity, right? So the Bible tells the story that the Philistines and the Israelites went to battle with one another. And what happened in the battle was that the Philistines lost. I'm sorry. Let me back up. The Israelites lost. Now, when the Israelites would go into battle, it, it was often what they would do is they would go to the temple, take the Ark of the Covenant out. And if you know anything about the Ark of the Covenant, um, you know, it was a golden chest that had a copy of the Ten Commandments and a few other things in there. And the top of the lid of the chest was of gold and it had angels on it. And it was the, the presence of God would rest between those angels. So the Israelites took the Ark of the Covenant into battle because in times past, whenever the Ark of the Covenant showed up, the presence of God was there, the Israelites would wipe out their enemies. But, but, but this time, the presence of God was not with them. They had the Ark, but they didn't have the presence of God. And the Israelites lost against the Philistines. They got defeated so badly that they weren't able to take the Ark of the Covenant out of the battle the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. And of course, because it represents the God of Israel, what they did is they took this brand new golden trophy, this golden chest with angels on it, and they brought it, in the, they brought it into the temple of their God, Dagon. Now, <laughs> um, the Bible says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 4 and 5, read it. It's interesting. It says this, that so the Philistines brought the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, and they set it before Dagon, almost as a way of saying, Dagon, you gave us the victory, to you belong the spoils, and the God of Israel is weaker than you are. In other words, they brought it's like bringing your enemy to your feet. They brought Dagon's enemy to his feet, and this was represented by the Ark of the Covenant. Well, the Bible tells us that the next morning, when the Philistines go back into their temple, what they found was that the temple, the, the statue of Dagon had fallen down on its face, facing the Ark of the Covenant. <gasps> Horror of horrors. <clears throat> what is the symbology of, excuse me, <clears throat> what is the symbology of coming to your temple first thing in the morning and that chest of God that you put there is now has the, the the it was standing before the statue of Dagon, but now the statue of Dagon is on its face before the Ark of the Covenant. <gasps> well, they didn't know what to do. They stood the statue back up and and they tried to get everything back the way it was. 
the Bible says that that next morning when they when they went back there, the Bible says that they found the statue. Now the statue had fallen down, but its arms and its head had been cut off of the statue, broken. Well, now, now what's the, what is the symbology of this? All of this before this golden chest, the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible tells a story of the Philistines trying to say that their God was superior to the God of Israel, and when they woke up those two nights, their God, or the statue representing their God, was at its feet, and the next night all broken up before the Ark of the Covenant. Now, wait a minute. There's more to the story, and this gets crazy. You got to read it. You, you, think I'm, you might think I'm making this up. The Bible says that God began to plague the Philistines. That's right. He began to plague the Philistines because they had kept the ark. <laughs> Do you know what God plagued the Philistines with? If you're a Bible student, if you're not a Bible student, this may be a shock to you. The Bible says that God plagued the Philistines and he gave them emeralds. If you want to know what emeralds mean, emeralds is a Bible word for hemorrhoids. They received a plague of hemorrhoids throughout Philistia. The leaders were suffering hemorrhoids. The Ark of the Covenant was a literal pain in the butt to these people. Is that, is that too? My wife would, I should probably put an NWA rating on this thing. My wife is not going to approve. But that's what the Bible says. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. They were overrun, were overrun with a plague of mice and a plague of hemorrhoids. These people were suffering. These people were suffering because of what they did. Well, what, what, what happened? Well, what happened was eventually they realized, look, we can't keep the Ark of the Covenant here. This, this is too, too big. We got to send it back. And they sent it back, and the Bible says that when they sent it back, they sent uh, some gifts. They put they put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart. They had some some young, uh, some I believe it was some young cows, and they they let the thing go, and the thing took off, and it, it went back back into the land of Israel. It was the only way that they could stop the plague of hemorrhoids and mice. But what's the meaning of what happened? What's the symbol? What's the symbology? The symbol of this, the symbol that God, the message that God was trying to send these Philistines was that the God Dagon was not superior to the God of Israel. That, that just because they lost, just because Israel lost, doesn't mean that God was weak. You know, maybe that's a side lesson in and of itself. Sometimes things don't work out for God's people or God's person, but it doesn't mean that God is weak. There's something else that's the reason or the cause. You know, I, 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 I share this story with you because I want you to know something. I want you to know that there is no God like the Creator God. There is no God like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All other gods are little g-gods. They're wannabe gods. There are the creations of men where they make statues out of stone and wood and they bow down to them and think that they're something. Or they are actually evil angels, demons, one of the demons that rebelled along with Satan. 
and are trying to get people to worship them because that was their ultimate goal in the first place. But don't get it twisted, my friends. There is no God like the Creator God. He is, He was, is, and is to come, and there is no one like Him. Truth does not have to be afraid of error. Light has nothing to fear from the darkness. My friend, I would encourage you this morning or today, whenever you hear this podcast, choose who you will serve wisely. You do have a choice. You're free to serve and accept whoever you want as God. But I want to tell you, there is no God like the Creator God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yes, and yes, the God of Miguel Crespo, although I am not worthy of it, God is better to me than I deserve. And <laughs> that's why I follow him. That's why I serve him, because he's a good God, a good father. Let him be your father. If he's not, you'll never regret it. That's my take. And that is inspiration to go.